Hello, and welcome to this half-hour dose of weekly Jewish spirituality, brought to you by Mishkan's Thursday Morning Minyan. Jews have a tradition of praying three times a day, and at Mishkan, we have a daily virtual Minyan at 8 a.m. Central to get your day started. Folks join us from across the country and across the world as we begin each day with words and songs of gratitude, inspiration, healing, and Torah. If you miss us in the morning, join us here every week for the replay of our Thursday Minyan, hosted by me, Rabbi Lizzie Heidemann. During my sabbatical, I know you'll enjoy hearing from the voices of Rabbi Stephen and guest leaders. Without further ado, I invite you to breathe a little deeper, connect a little more with yourself, with God, with Torah, with this community, and with the world around you, wherever you are, whatever your time zone. We are nearing the very end um, of the book of Bereshit. Um, We've had a great kind of reveal of Joseph to his brothers. Um, Up until this point, his brothers did not realize that Joseph was still alive. They had been traveling down to Egypt to secure food for their families during this time of famine. Um, He finally reveals himself to them. They are uh, in disbelief that he's still alive. Uh, They have a tearful reunion. um, And then he sends them back up on their way to um, get their father and bring their father down to Egypt. And so I was curious actually about this particular scene. But before we dive in, we'll say the blessing over studying Torah together, which is La'asuk B'divrei Torah. Baruch Ata Aronai Eloheinu Melech Haolam Asher Kirishanu B'mitzvotav Vitzivanu La'asuk B'divrei Torah. Blessed are you, source of all things, who brings holiness into our lives through our actions, asking us to busy ourselves with words of Torah. We're going to be reading from Genesis chapter 45, verse 25 today. So the question I have for you as we read these verses is Jacob, the father of Joseph and his brothers, is going to decide to go down to Egypt to see his son, to dwell down there for a while. And then suddenly gets a vision from God um, promising what the future is going to hold. And it seems like a vision of reassurance It also seems like a vision of command, telling him to go down to Egypt. But at this point, Jacob's already decided to go down to Egypt. So my question for you is, why does God appear to give him a vision saying go down to Egypt, even though Jacob's already decided to go down to Egypt? And in fact, this vision happens when they're on the road to Egypt. So what's up with this blessing? Um, Because as you know, I'm always interested in these moments that seem um, redundant or superfluous or um, trivial, but um, I always think there's maybe a deeper meaning to unlock there. Old Yosef Chai Vechihu Moshel Beho Eretz Mitzrayim Vayagvag Libo Kilo Hemin Laham Vayedabru Elab Et Koldivre Yosef Asher Diber Alehem Vayar Et Haagalot Asher Shalach Yosef Lesait Oto Vatchi Ruach Yaakov Avihem, Vayomer Yisrael, Rav Od Yosef Bni Chai, Elecha Ve'er Eneu, Beterem Amut, 
Vayisa Yisrael v'choshar lo v'yavo b'eretz shava v'yizvach zvechim l'elohe aviv yitzchak v'yomer Elohim l'Yisrael b'ma'ot halayla v'yomer Yaakov Yaakov v'yomer hineni v'yomer anochi ha'el elohe avicha Al tira merda mitraima kila goigado asimcha sham anochi ered imcha mimitraima da anochi alcha gam ol alo bayosev yashit yado al enacha. Right, let's read that in English here. So the brothers went up from Egypt and came to their father Jacob in the land of Canaan. And they told him, Joseph is still alive. In fact, he's the ruler over the whole land of Egypt. Remember, he's vice pharaoh at this point. Jacob's heart went numb, for he did not believe them. And when they recounted all that Joseph had said to them, and when he saw the wagons that Joseph had said to transport him, the spirit of their father Jacob revived, and enough, he said, his name now Israel, my son Joseph is still alive, I must go and see him before I die. And so Israel set out with all that was his, and he came to Beersheba, where he offered sacrifices to the God of his father Isaac's house. And God called to Israel in a vision by night, Jacob, Jacob, and he answered, Hineni, I am here. And God says, I am the God of your father's house. Fear not to go down to Egypt, for I will make you into a great nation. I myself will go down with you to Egypt, and I myself will also bring you back, and Joseph's hand shall close your eyes. So the question again is, why this vision? I see some people popping some thoughts into the chat. Um, I think we'll take a moment to, uh, while we sing a song for peace, um, while you think, and then we'll come back together and share some thoughts. Ose shalom bim romav, uya ase shalom aleinu, ve'alkol Yisrael, ve'imeru amen. Ose shalom bim romav, uya ase shalom aleinu, Velkol Yisrael, Veyako Yoshvetevel, Veyimeru Amen. Ose Shalom, Vimromavu Yaase Shalom, Aleinu, Veyako Yisrael, Veyimeru Amen. So, um, Okay, so Susanna said, how do we know Jacob isn't harboring doubts even though he's already in the road? That God is attempting to lay. No, good question, right? Maybe Jacob is actually fearing a lot of trepidation. When it says his spirit is revived, and it says like he's kind of like shows an excitement to go, but I mean, he might actually have uh, a lot of fear. Um, right? Jacob is somebody who has been displaced multiple times throughout his life. So absolutely. Um, and Nicole loved the mirroring in the moment 
um, when Abraham uh, hears God and says, Hineni, right? And that's why actually I was really called to this moment because it's a Hineni moment, which is really powerful, right? This moment of like, like I am here, right? And God appears. Um, yeah, the line, Jacob, Jacob, it mirrors Abraham, Abraham. Um, yeah, no, I think it's, I think it's really interesting. Any other thoughts? Uh, Glenn, let's see your hand. Um, I thought that God was giving him actually a different commandment in the sense that Jacob said, I want to go down there and see um, Joseph before I die. The brothers had originally gone down there to get food to survive the famine. And the, and what God is saying is you're going down there and you're going to stay there actually, Mm. because you're going to become a great nation as opposed to, you're going to go down there, stay for a little bit. Joseph is going to, I mean, uh, Jacob's going to die fairly soon. We know he's old. And, um, and then you'll all leave again that, you know, God's giving a different commandment, which is stay there. Mm. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Absolutely. It's, um, it's interesting because that actually is like in a way parallel to what Joseph says to his brothers, right? When Joseph reveals himself to his brothers, um, here I can, can share, share my screen here. Um, when Joseph is revealed to his brothers, right? I'm your brother, Joseph, um, who sold into Egypt. He says, don't be distressed. Right? Um, or reproach yourselves because you sold me into slavery. It was to save life that God sent me ahead of you. Um, right? There's been a famine and God sent me ahead of you to ensure your survival on earth and to save your lives in an extraordinary deliverance. Right? So there's actually a sense of like God is actually kind of bringing um, the rest of uh, Joseph's family via Jacob into the process of like, actually, this is not just about like a family reunion. Right? This is actually about kind of a history, history making moment. Absolutely. Uh, Leah. I'm also noticing at the end of what you read, there's some symmetry between what Hashem is telling Joseph to expect on his or Jacob to expect on his deathbed versus what Jacob and Isaac and Esau experienced as Isaac was dying with the usurpation of Esau's um, birthright. And I think that there may be a sense in here that it's catharsis in a way. It's not exactly closure because we're not seeing a repair between Jacob and Isaac, obviously, or Jacob and Esau in this scene. But the way that um, Hashem is promising Joseph or Jacob that Joseph is going to be with him when he dies um, feels to me like a call and response to the scene uh the scenes around Isaac's death. Hmm. Mm. That's interesting. You know, I also hadn't really thought of, and what you're, um, the thought you're provoking in me is that um, this is also God kind of telling Jacob who his successor is going to be. Like we don't really have um, as much focus on a particular patriarch um, in the following generations. Um, but, you know, in the same way that God intervenes to a degree with um, Isaac, right? And say like Isaac is actually, right, the successor to Abraham, not Ishmael. And then right, Jacob and his mom kind of take matters into their own hands and and actually designate Jacob as the successor to Isaac and not Esau. Um, this is also a moment where God's kind of saying like, actually like Joseph, really, you know, the son whom you love so much is, is truly in some ways your successor. He's the one who's going to close your eyes. 
um, not your eldest sons. Right? Remember, Joseph is 11th in line, <laughs> He's, um, but yet he somehow becomes um, uh, uh he somehow becomes right the the kind of the patriarch of the family. Um, okay, where, but where are they supposed to be a great nation? Um, that's interesting. Where they transform into a great nation, right? The the pivotal moment of moving from a family story into a national story happens right in Egypt, right through slavery, um, and then liberation. Um, <laughs> and Susan, yeah, maybe another question is who besides Jacob needs God's reassurance, right? Is this actually for the benefit of the reader? Um, it might be, it might be a good question as well, or, um, really kind of a, 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 um, a promise that was meant not only for Jacob, but for all those who would succeed him, right? His successors who read this story, um, Yes, this is when our peoplehood, yeah, begins exactly. <laughs> Another young super. I love that. Um, Beersheba. Yeah, Beersheba is an interesting place. Okay, so here we go. It's connected with Abraham and Isaac. They both dig a well and do uh, peace treaties with Avimelech at that site. Um, so it receives his name twice, actually, um, both from Abraham and Isaac. Um, it is also connected to... Isaac builds an altar. Jacob, oh, Jacob's dream of a stairwell. A stairway, is that Bear Shepherd? I, was, I thought so. That's, that was the one I was thinking of in particular. Um, that was my bar mitzvah portion. So uh, uh, I was like, I think he goes to Bear Sheva, but he's on his way to Haran. So I was like, I forgot which one of those two um, uh, was where he had the dream. So it's interesting, actually, he gets encounters, right? God twice um, at Bear Sheva. Um, uh, then, um, which is really fascinating. Amazing. Any other thoughts about this, uh, about this producing? Yeah, Morris. Yeah, I was just going to say, uh, I'm going to raise a question more than give an answer. I mean, why, I mean, these, these things have been included in the Bible, uh, are included because obviously the Jews felt this was important in terms of identifying who they were. Hmm. And why did they need to include this story? Mm. Why is it that, uh, you know, here's a separation of the family, family comes together, after all, it wasn't, uh, what, what could you say, in a modern sociological sense, it was a somewhat dis dysfunctional family, right? Mm -hmm. The brothers tried to kill the younger one, <laughs> maybe, maybe you might say with reason, but I just tossed that out. I mean, I'm not sure I have an answer to that, but obviously this is very important mm. uh, in terms of the Jews thinking about who they were, uh, why they were, what happened, and of course, this led into the Exodus, and so forth. So I just toss that out. I don't have an answer to that one. But obviously, this is this is very important. And the Jews who wrote this thought about it, obviously, considered very important in terms of establishing who they were. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. I mean, I think there's many, many answers and probably more questions to your to your question. Um, well, we will we'll pause here um, with a few thoughts, which is um, one, right? It tells the story of how we get down to Egypt to set the stage, right? For the emergence of the Jewish people and the transition from a, a family story, as I said, to a national story, um, which is a really important moment within our biblical text um, in terms of forming Jewish identity, because we're not just a family and we're not just a tribe, right? We become a people. And this is that moment where we really leave one um 
uh, form of identity behind to take on this new form of identity. Um, and then really the project of nation building, right? The creation, obviously, through um, the receiving of Torah of our cultural norms and values and laws and, and right, again, moving away from family structure to more of a, a, a national structure um, and the task of building a society. Um, you also, I think, in these texts, which I really love, um, is uh, a sense of of the Jewish identity of the underdog of a people who um, we talked about this a little bit, actually um, last Shabbat um, Rabbi Zohar Atkins came uh, in, uh, shared a, a really uh, interesting term um, um, reflecting on last week's Parsha of the idea that we as Jews are people of narrative violation um, and it's embedded in our text. And what he meant by that is that we are a people um, who, who really actually believe in like the impossible and um, that we don't just take what is given to us um, um, as what can only be, but only one version of what could be. Um, you see it embedded in our greatest stories, right? The Exodus itself is a, is a moment of impossibility. Um, Hanukkah, Purim, right? All of us, so many of our holidays are about really the impossible happening um, and not just taking um, what is for what has to be. Um, but you see that in also our family narrative, right? That the second, you know, the second son is the one receiving the blessing, right? This family's itinerate, right? All of these um, yeah, obstacles they overcome, these uh, um, really getting by. Uh, by the skin of their teeth, um, I think it defines our sense of peoplehood. Right? We're not we're not the the firstborn. We're not the dominant. Right? We're not the um, uh, the one for whom um, everything comes easy. Um, there is a sense of of I think uh, what it means to be Jewish there. And then I'll kind of end on I think the um, the thing I love most about the dysfunction of the first family of Judaism um, is that the heroes of our um, of our uh, narrative identity, right? This is a, the Torah really is a narrative of identity and identity formation. And I love that the heroes of that story are fallible. Um, imagine if they were all perfect beings, right? Imagine if they were all um, uh, faultless, um, that, that that was actually what we had to strive for, right? That was the model of what it meant to be, you know, a Jew in the world was this kind of faultless, um, you know, uh, paragon of, of human virtue. Um, and I actually really love that the Torah is like, no, no, the heroes of our story are very human, right? And they're capable of both great things and they're capable of actually um, immense harm as well. They make mistakes. Um, and even in their fallibility, uh, they still have the opportunity to connect with the divine and um, they still have the opportunity to um, kind of un unlock that stairwell, right? That ladder to heaven um, and experience these moments of transcendent awe. Um, I think it's a really beautiful lesson for all of us that we don't have to be perfect, right? To, um, to have that connection to the divine and to our sense of a greater purpose in the world. Um, and to actually be on that journey towards a greater purpose doesn't mean shedding our faults um, or um, abrogating the parts of ourselves that are human. It actually means, you know, we can make the journey because we are human, not despite our humanness. Why don't we end um, with, uh, we'll do two prayers to end. Uh, we'll take a moment to think of those who are in need of healing. Um, I think channeling, channeling the blessing of learning Torah together uh, into prayers for healing um, as a tradition, um, as a, a tradition for, for our people as well. So if you're thinking of somebody in need of healing, whether mind, a body or spirit, you want to put their name in the chat or hold their name in your heart. And we send this blessing to each and every one of them. Oh, no.
Refanala Anna 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 Refanala Refanala Some blessings were foolishly, mom, to each and every one of those folks we've named in the chat, those folks we hold in our hearts on the road to recovery, days of comfort, nights of peace, and to act and say, Amen. We're going to turn now to the mourner's cottage to close out our time together. Is there anybody remembering somebody today who would like to share their name aloud or in the chat? Same cottage for my mother, Uriel Cornwood. Same cottage for my father, David Rose. Yes, Mary, be for blessing, Elizabeth. Oh, I see in the chat, Noah, oh, one of your buddies. Like, it's always hard to lose a pet, too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm holding you as well in this moment. Any others? If you're observing a yard site or in a period of mourning, I invite you to rise as you're able for Kadisha Tom, the mourner's Kaddish. Yit Gadal, Vit Kadash, Shemei, Rabbah. Be'alma divrach herute v'amlich malchute be'chayachon uv'yomechon uv'chayed zecho be'Israel ba'agala uv'izman kari v'imru amen yehe shmei raba mevarach le'olam u'mei almayam yit barach v'ishtabach v'ipar v'it roman v'it nase v'it hadar v'it ale v'it halam shmei tekudasha brichu la'ela mikol birchata v'shirata. Tushbechata v'nechamata da'amiran belma v'imru amen. Yehei shlam rabba min shemaya v'chaim aleinu v'alko Yisrael v'imru amen. Osei shalom v'imru mav hu ya'asei shalom aleinu v'alko Yisrael v'alko Yishvei Tevel v'imru amen. Yehi zirchonan l'ivracham. May the memories all be for a blessing. You've been listening to Contact Chai, a production of Mishkan Chicago. If you were inspired or informed by this episode, please leave us a five-star rating on Apple Podcasts so that others can encounter our work. And if you appreciate what Mishkan is doing, I invite you to join as a builder or make a donation on our website at mishkanchicago.org. Shabbat Shalom. Shabbat Shalom.